You know where to go, horse. What? Shh. Let him do the math. Welcome to Avant Bard, a podcast where two theater nerds explore the highest highs and the lowest lows of works inspired by that upstart crow himself, William Shakespeare. My name is Matthew James Marquez, and I use he, him pronouns. And my name is Megan Charlo, and I use she, her pronouns. And today, I have some exciting news for you, Megan. Yeah? We found an adaptation of a play... We have been wanting to do for a while and that we knew didn't have a lot of adaptations available for us to cover. And as we said in our year in review, we want to cover them all. So we have here today an adaptation of Winter's Tale. Yes. Okay. For people who don't know, Winter's Tale. I'm so excited. I'm going to go first. So Winter's Tale is about this king named Leontis, and he is kind of shitty, and he thinks his wife is cheating on him with his friend. So he's like, hey, servant, kill my friend. And then the servant's like, no, I'm gonna tell the friend and we're gonna leave. And then he's like, I don't care. Anyway, my pregnant wife, you were unfaithful to me. Blah, 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 you're in jail. I'm a terrible husband. Let's have a court case. Let's have a court case. Everyone's favorite thing in a play. And then he's like, you were unfaithful. Gavel, gavel, I say so. And then she faints because her son died because of sadness about his mother being accused. And then Hermione is the queen's name. Her best friend Paulina's like, Hermione's dead. You killed her with your accusations. And he's like, forget it. Take her baby daughter and uh, t- exile that baby. And then time comes. Man. And it's like, hello, I am time. It is 16 years in the future. And look, a shepherd with a girl. The girl was dropped off in an island and Paulina's husband who dropped her off got possibly killed by a bear, most likely. And so the shepherd's been raising Perdida. Leontis and Hermione's daughter and she falls in love with a guy at a party and that guy at the party is the friend who Leontis accused of sleeping with his no, wife's no, no. son. Yeah, yeah, and so it's his son and the play shifts from a tragedy to, to a, a pastoral comedy. a pastoral comedy and oh they're dancing and they're gonna get married and then the friend is like oh, no, 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 you cannot marry some shepherd girl because you are like a noble and then they run away to Leontis and they're like, Leontis, I'm the son of your one-time friend. And Leontis is like, oh, my grief over my wife. I have so much guilt. And I'm really saying a lot about this play. Then they're like, yay, it turns out that that's actually your daughter. So they're both noble. Thank God they can actually get married. And then Pauline is like, look, a very realistic statue of Hermione. It's her. And that's the play? I'm happy that we can finally cover it so we never have to talk about this play ever again. Go. Cover it once. We don't. Yeah, yeah, go. Do it. Okay. I really didn't do my job this week. It's okay. Life's been hectic. We spent a lot of time doing West Side Story. I I did a lot of research for West Side Story and then I did it. So this episode has to be bad. Yeah. 
Let me just look this up here on the Wikipedia, everyone's favorite reliable source. Winner's Tale, released in the United Kingdom and Ireland as a New York Winner's Tale. Okay, yeah, so it's take takes place, place in New York. That's Makes pretty cool. Makes sense that it's in, you know, Europe because they care more about Shakespeare. Okay, it was released in 2014. Okay, so it's based on the 1983 novel. No, wait, your years are wrong. The 1983 novel Winner's Tale by Mark. No, it's a play. Halprin, written, produced, and directed wait, by Akiva Goldsman. You pronounced William Shakespeare weird. No, I didn't. Oh, this is a 1983 magical realism novel. Yeah, because uh, a woman becomes a statue, but it's not no, really that... a stat. This is uh this is uh completely different. Oh, yeah. It's, but uh, I but I took notes on it. Wait, we, but I already, we already watched it. Yeah, apparently it wasn't based on uh William Shakespeare's Winter's Tale. Why why would they call it that then? Uh, let me look here. It takes place in winter. Written, directed, produced by Akiva Goldsman. No, no, hold on. I, no. So if you didn't know, Megan, Akiva Goldsman is kind of mostly known as a screenwriter. He wrote Batman Forever and Batman and Robin, so we're in good hands. He also wrote I, Robot, I Am Legend and Cinderella Man. And he wrote A Beautiful Mind, which he won an Oscar for Best Adapted Screenplay for. Is that one Shakespeare? A Beautiful Mind? Yeah. It could be... <laughs> I, I don't know. Who's got a beautiful mind? No, no Megan. No. I mean, a noble mind is what you might be thinking of. Two noble mindsmen? Megan, we're losing track, Megan. Where's Shakespeare? Shakespeare's not here, Megan. He left. What? <laughs> he left me? Ring, ring. Hello? Is Shakespeare there? No, he's not here. He's dead. Remember the Taylor Swift thing? No, I don't okay. know Taylor Swift. Anyway, so this was not based on William Shakespeare. <laughs> it had a budget of $75 million, Megan. It made $30.8 million. It would have made more if it was Shakespeare. It was released on February 14th, 2014, Valentine's Day, because it's a love story. It's about an alternate New York City where miracles, demons, and other things exist. No, that that sounds much more like a medieval play. Yeah, sorry to tell you, this is not William Shakespeare. We did a bad. Oh, Man, you know what? what? I'm gonna just say it. We can count this still. As Winter's Tale? Yeah. You think so? I'm going to say that we can. It's our podcast. I don't want to look for another Winter's Tale. If someone sends us one, we'll maybe do it. Okay, Megan, here's yeah. the thing. If we can convince ourselves that things that happen in this movie okay. are close enough to <sighs> okay, Winter's okay, Tale. Okay, 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 I'm in. We're in. Okay. We got this. We've got this, because April Fool's, this does count as Shakespeare's Winters, t it doesn't, but April April Fool's, I, I'm, we're doing it anyway. Play the theme song again. 
Okay, let's get this out of the way, Megan. Yeah. Martin Scorsese, they wanted him to direct this film. They wanted him to adapt this book. He says this book was unfilmable. Great start. I just wanted to say that filming was delayed because of Hurricane Sandy. They did film in New York City. You just want me to go into the acting yeah, corner, Yeah, I want Megan? you to move on. Okay, acting <laughs> corner. Uh, play it fast, Megan. Colin Farrell plays Peter Lake, who is who in Winter's Tale? He is, let's see, starts with a P, he is Perdida. Okay, he is Perdida. Colin Farrell is a Irish actor. He was in Phone Booth. Do you remember Phone Booth? It's a thriller in which he's in a phone booth for a lot of it. Okay. What do you think of when you think of Colin Farrell, Megan? Uh... I think of, who is that? Oh, you don't know anything he's been in? There's another guy named Colin Firth. Different guy. Yeah, which one's which? This guy was in Minority Report as the guy who... Not the main guy. No, that's Tom Cruise, man. Yeah, that's that guy. He was Bullseye in Daredevil, the Daredevil movie. You know, he was like, oh, I don't... No, I never I'm saw on that. Irish. I'm I didn't gonna... see that. Okay. Uh. Anyway, moving on. Wait, who was he in Anton Yelchin's Fright Night? Was he the vampire? Of course you would know Anton Yelchin. Yeah, Fright he was Night. the vampire in Anton Yelchin's Fright Night. Okay, I know him. You never cease to shock me on what movies you have seen. <laughs> he was nominated for a Golden Globe, and that's like all he's been nominated for. For Fright Night? Yes, it was for Fright Night. Yes, I knew that was the good one. April Fool's. All right, we've got Russell Crowe as Pearly, who is who in Winter's Tale. Pearly is the concept of envy. Okay. Do you know anything Russell Crowe has been in? I know He's you in do. He's in Les I knew you would know that. He was uh, also in Gladiator as the Gladiator. Yeah, technically I knew that. I've never seen it. Megan, he won the Academy Award for Gladiator. You've never seen Gladiator? No. Well, he was in A Beautiful Mind, too. And he won a, a, a BAFTA and a Golden Globe for A Beautiful Mind. Connection with Akiva Goldsman. So that's probably why he's in this movie. Yeah, I think they know each other. Okay, we're moving on, man. Yeah. William Hurt is Isaac Penn, which is the main girl's dad. Obviously, you know him as General William Ross from the Marvel movies. You don't know I don't this. know that. Sorry, I said William Ross. I meant Thaddeus Ross. Where'd you get William? I don't know, man. Searching for Shakespeare? <laughs> yeah. Guess what? What? William Hurt? Mm-hmm. He's a pretty big Shakespeare guy. He tread the boards, as it were. Okay. What do I know him from? Y- you don't, Megan. Who is Isaac Penn in Winter's Tale? He is Polixenes, the friend of Leontes. Okay. Megan Marquez, can you hear me? This is entirely new character, Vince Bartley with an avant-garde newsflash. I've just received word that William Hurt is in fact dead and was kind of an asshole. Thank you, Megan and Marquez. Again, this is Vince Bartley with an avant-garde newsflash. Our main female is Jessica Brown Findlay, 
who was Lady Sybil Crawley in Downton Abbey. No? Nothing? You didn't watch Downton Abbey, Megan? No. Who is Beverly Penn? Beverly Penn is obviously Floris. Who's Floris? Felixini's son. Jennifer Connolly. I know her. Plays Virginia Gamely. What do you know her from? Megan, Once Upon a Time in America? No. Labyrinth. The Rocketeer? No. Labyrinth. Requiem for a Dream? No. Marquez, it's Labyrinth. Beautiful Mind? No, Marquez, Labyrinth. She won a Best Supporting Actress. Yeah, good for her. Academy but Award, remember Megan. Remember the Labyrinth? She was Betsy Ross. Yeah. In The Labyrinth. No, Ang Lee's Hulk, which is funny because William Hurt was in The Incredible Hulk. What Interesting. It? But she was in Labyrinth. Oh, I see here she was in Labyrinth, Megan. I hate you. Where she plays Sarah, which you would know. Yes. Who's Jennifer Connelly? Jennifer Connelly is the painter who created the statue. Got it, got it. Also, you know who's also in this movie, Megan? Who? Will Smith. One of the biggest... Moving on. One of the biggest actors of all time. Like, ever. I'm not even going to say what Will Smith is in. Because if you don't know, you're worse than me. He is nominated for an Academy Award for King Richard this year. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Do you want to know why he's in this movie, Megan? Why? Man, I said a couple things about Akiva Goldsman. Uh, he wrote I, Robot, and I oh, Am yeah. Legend. So he's just like, hey, Will, I want you in this small little cameo. Yes. Yeah, fine. Oh, wait, I didn't say who uh, Will Smith plays. Sorry. Will Smith plays, uh, I'm reading here, a character called The Judge slash Lucifer. Yeah, that's that's him. What? Is that in Winner's Tale, the Shakespeare play? The Judge slash Lucifer. Oh, he... he It's the uh, same. It's offstage. <laughs> <laughs> Megan Marquez, can you hear me? Again, this is Vince Bardley with an avant-garde newsflash. Not only has Will Smith now won the Academy Award for Best Actor for his role in King Richard, he also slapped Chris Rock on stage... And Twitter will not stop talking about it. That is all for this Avant Bar News Flash. Bop, 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 bop. Uh, anyway, that's uh, that's the acting corner. Let's start this film. Okay. Our goal, Megan, remember, keep in mind, connecting this film to William Shakespeare's Winner's Tale. So we start off with a voiceover that the subtitles tell us is Beverly, saying that once upon a time there were no stars in the sky at all. And I want to mention that Winter's Tale mentions stars eight times throughout the play. They also say that the stars are actually wings when we turn into angels, and people do die in Winter's Tale. And I assume that they're good people because we're told so, so they would be angels according to Christian mythology. I already regret giving you this task. We cut to New York in 2014. This is important because, as we mentioned, Winter's Tale has the character Time who tells us when we are in the play, as does this movie in the form of a title screen thing that tells us the year. Okay. 
they make a big point that people should look closely because things aren't what they appear to be, which is a recurring theme in The Winter's Tale, like perhaps Hermione's death, perhaps the statue, a shepherd's daughter actually being the daughter of the king. Megan. Yeah. Also, that Hermione did not cheat on her husband. Oh, yeah, that too. Like, that's a big one. Yeah. Megan. What? He has in his cup a spider steeped, and one may drink to part and yet maintain no knowledge. Yeah. So we cut to New York, 1895. There is a baby. I will tell you, there is a baby in Winter's Tale. There is. This, We're doing this well, works. so this baby would have to be purred up. Yeah, that's right. So... The mother and father are, it looks like they're trying to enter the country. Yes, trying to enter good old United States of America in 1895, the turn of the century. Oh, Lady Liberty is in the harbor, ready to greet them, except for the fact that the husband's got tuberculosis. So they're like, you gotta leave. And they're like, please take the baby, though, because I don't think my wife was faithful and I don't want this baby near me. Nope. Are you sure? That's you implying that. Okay, so then the the people are like, no, no, I'm a bear. I No, Megan, you stop. You can't leave. Megan, you're going to confuse our audience. That's oh, not okay. anything that happens. So it's Matt Bomer. That's the dad. I'm going to call him Antigonus. Yeah, that's uh, the actor Matt Bomer, who's gay. If he comes back, I'm going to call him Antigonus. I just need to mention that he's gay. Anyway, so they leave with the baby, and they wrap the baby in the blanket. And then we see in the future... A young man holding this blanket that's in a box. Yeah, Colin Farrell. And then we go back to the parents and they Moses the baby off the side of the ship. I did, in fact, write down they Moses their baby. Yes. In a model of the ship that they took to America is what they put the baby on to go to the shores. And I will say Perdita is brought to the shores of an island, left there. Because the parents are exited, pursued by a bear. We cut to 1916. Colin Farrell's here as well in 1916. Oh, oh, I do want to say the baby has a little tag. In the baby box, there's a little tag that says City of Justice. Keep this in mind because Leontis is bad at proper justice. So Colin Farrell's running away from a bunch of people. He probably did something bad. We don't know. Yeah, what did Perdita do? Jeez. And anyway, he runs into the greatest character we've ever met in avant-garde history. It's a horse. It's a horse. And the horse bows. A white horse, Megan. Yeah, it's a white horse and it bows. And then he's like, horse? And I, one, like that horse is just called horse. Oh. And uh, now I want to tell you some information about horse. Because you didn't cover it in the acting corner. I was corner. going to wait until here. I was going to do it too, did you already? Did you already do research and have notes? Yes, I knew about horse, Megan. Of course. Megan, what do you take me for? We both have gone to medieval times multiple times. We I both, also used to go to the Temple Lipizzans a lot. We both know that horse is played by an Andalusian horse, also known as a pure Spanish I'm horse. I'm sorry, you should say stallion, be more correct. Mm, correct. And his name is Novelisto, or Listo. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He was a champion in dressage suitability. 
and Hunter Under Saddle Awards at the National Andalusian Show. I don't know what any of those mean. But that all but sounds good very good for important. him. He also performed before this film with the Black Pearl Frisian Dance Troupe, which sounds like he's a background dancer in Make Your Move. Megan, yeah. you best start believing in dressage, Miss <laughs> Turner. Because you're suitable. <laughs> yeah, I don't get being a champion in suitability for dressage. Like, not in... Okay, anyway, he sustained an injury, though. What? So he could not be a dressage horse anymore. So his owner was like, nah, I'm gonna sell him. And the number one Hollywood horse trainer was like, this horse is mine now. Hold oh, up. Whoa. Important news we've just found out trying to find out if Novelista's alive. We believe so. And April 11th will be his 23rd birthday. Happy birthday. So that's my hope, is that Novelisto is still alive. Anyway, Novelisto did this film. Then Novelisto got laid. No. Novelisto got laid first, then did this film, and then that number one Hollywood horse trainer was like, yeah, I'm done with him. And the person who sold him to the Hollywood trainer was like, oh, can I get him back? And they're like, nah, he lives on a ranch in Texas now. And the ranch in Texas was like, if we ever sell him, we'll let you know. Then one of the people chasing him goes back. He escapes on Listo. Yeah, yeah. They, they, um, I'm sorry, this is important. Fly away. No, they don't. Yeah, they do. No, they don't. Yes, they do. They jump over the peep. They sail over a fucking gate. He is a magic horse. He's a magic horse. He jumps super far. I would count it as light speed flying. Light speed? <laughs> I meant light speed flying. But light like speed D&D? is different. Kind of. Like a monk jumping <laughs> yeah. in that it is yeah. not technically flying, yeah. but you're going to use the flying yeah, attribute. state. Yeah. And then the line that follows is, he's got the goddamn horse. Okay, speaking of references to Pirates of the Caribbean, the line, he's got the goddamn horse, is very similar to they've started to sing from At World's End, where it's just like... you're just like, what does that mean? Like, who's the horse? A guy walks in, says to another guy this thing, and the guy just goes... (laughs) So, obviously, that's unimportant, though. Because we cut to some chick playing a piano. Yep, that's uh, Beverly. Yeah, it's Beverly Penn. And Isaac Penn tells this doctor who's coming in that his wife has been dead for eight years. And that is half of the length of Hermione's short death. So Beverly's sick. Yes. Which is not accurate to Winter's Tale. Anyway, she needs glasses to prove it because she has consumption. She does say she can see winter, which is like the tale. Mm. (laughs) Then she says fever's actually pretty great because she hallucinates a bunch. And that is weird. We cut back to Pete. Perdita buys a cashmere blanket for horse. That's pretty great. Gets horse all set up, and he lives in the Grand Central Station's attic. And he's got a friend named Cecil, who's just like, ah, the horse, finally. And I'm like, why do all these people know about this horse instead of me? Okay, we need to get to the important thing. We get back to Russell Crowe, Pearly. He says some wild things. A, that miracles are down by half in the city. More, even, if you count Brooklyn. What does that mean? Which you should, because it's one of the five boroughs. Yeah, so like that's two things then that make no sense in that one sentence. Uh, The third, probably most wild thing that he says that's confusing is that horse is not a horse. It is a dog. And his second in command, Romeo, Shakespeare connection. Like, 
Romeo asks, uh, why did you say that it was a dog? And he doesn't explain. He also is like, why do we got to kill this Pete guy? Much like how Romeo from Shakespeare doesn't want to kill Tybalt. Megan, we're trying to connect it to Winter's Tale. Oh, right, 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 right. So Pearly is a thief and he likes stealing gold and gems for the way they accept the light. And I was like, oh yeah, there's a thief in Winter's Tale. It is not Winter's Tale. I was thinking of Cymbeline. That is very different. Megan? Yeah. He uses the gems to make a hologram that shows him where horse is. It makes no sense. But they're too late when they follow the gem trail and Pete's not there. So we cut to this young girl named Willa and she wears a hat. She goes Puts out- a hat on for winter. <gasps> winter's tail. <laughs> and she goes outside to see Beverly who's sick and lives outside. Beverly is going to go to the lake because her family's going to the lake. And there is a great dance and they they all have their part. And when we're done here, if it's after one life or a thousand, we rise up into the sky and we become stars. Sounds a lot like that speech from As You Like It. Wait, that's still not Winter's Tale. Nope, not Winter's Tale. Okay, so Colin Farrell needs to leave town. Get out of town. These monsters are after him. But Horse is like, hold up, hold up, hold up. Look at Isaac Penn's butt. And he stops in front of the house as Isaac Penn is leaving for the lake. And Pete's like, oh, you want me to steal from this person? The horse is just like, what? And then... No, Megan, I think the horse wants him to steal. Not what he thinks. Anyway, he's like, who's a bigger fool? A horse who won't listen to his master or a master who listens to his horse? And that sounds a lot like something a fool from King Lear would say. Hold up, that is still not Winter's Tale. Also, the answer is the master who listens to his horse is the stranger one. Yeah, that's, that's obvious. That's a fool. A horse who doesn't listen is just a horse. So, so he uses a grappling hook to get onto the roof where Beverly's tent is. Meanwhile, Beverly's like walking into a fountain because she's too hot. And right. then he starts yeah. trying to steal from a safe and she's like, time to play piano. And he goes, should I kill this girl? Nah. And then he steps... On a squeaky squeaky floorboard, and she turns, and he says, squeaks. And she says, age. And she says, you have a gun. He's like, yeah. She's like, what are you doing here? And he says, I was just robbing the place, you know? And this is much better than any of the written reactions between Florizel and Perdita, because I think they are a really boring couple in Shakespeare. They are very boring. Here's the thing. Secret of this movie, Megan. Yeah. Beverly and... Pete are actually super cute. Yes. This is the best part of the movie. She offers him a cup of tea that reminds her of London, which is where William Shakespeare lived. <laughs> okay, Megan. <laughs> I would just like to state that when we were watching this film, I did say, like, well, she shouldn't be drinking the tea because she has a fever. That's weird. But then she doesn't. And then she, she says, I'm 21 and I've never been kissed on the mouth. You know, a normal thing that people say to each I'm other. pretty sure Florizel says something similar. He doesn't, but I could see it. Uh, she's going to be dead in two months also, we learn. Well, but she was told that. Like three months ago. Well, she was told she had six months, but that was eight months ago. So she's two months dead already. Ew. He grew up in Brooklyn, which makes me wonder, why does he have an Irish accent? We'll never know. And then she asks the best thing you ever stole. And he says, I'm beginning to think I haven't stolen it yet. Suck on that, William Shakespeare. It's a good line. It's a good line. He means her heart. Y- yes. And then he's He means like, her piano. <laughs> he means the piano. It's going to be pretty impressive. Uh, also, especially since he's going to run away on a horse with it. Pearly eats a bunch of oysters at a restaurant. Whoa, you skipped ahead past him asking horse, what have you gotten me into, horse? 
Oh, you really wanted to say that, Megan? She also is like, also, please don't steal anything. Pearly tells us that the stars are actually souls in the sky. And he's like, man, I wish I had wings. And then he murders a waiter. Well, he asks for an owl to eat. And the waiter's like, oh, we don't have... He asks for a South African spotted eagle owl. Oh, yeah. A nonsense item, knowing it was impossible. Yeah, so he kills the waiter. His scars get all wild. He looks like a wolf man almost. And then he draws something with the waiter's blood, which we later learn is uh, virgin blood. So that uh, waiter died without getting any. And that's pretty sad. Oh, what's with all the virgins in this film? Well, uh, we know horse isn't a virgin because Listo had sex before this film. Yeah. Anyway, he's like, oh, the red hair girl. That's obviously what this blood drawing is, is a girl with red hair, not just a line of red and a circle of red. She must be his destiny. Okay. And so his men are after her. He's like, get the red hair girl. So he's now got people walking around with recreations of his terrible blood drawing as if that will tell them which red hair girl it is. They find her, though. They do. Like, really fast. And he goes to threaten her. And Pete is talking to his dad. I'm just going to call this guy his dad. I'm going to call this guy the shepherd who raises Perdita. And he's like, I feel like I've known Bev forever. And then, I don't know, the shepherd's just like, well, you know, our people's songs tell us that we each have a miracle for one person and we meet our destiny through spirit guides that take the form of animals. For example, Athanzor's the dog of the east. Shown as a white horse. I will say, so this actor is Graham Greene, who is an indigenous Canadian actor. He's awesome. He was nominated for an Academy Award for Dances with Wolves. I like him more than The Shepherd in Winter's Tale. I mean, he's pretty good. So you're telling me that Peter Lake was raised by this indigenous character. Yeah. And yet... His accent is straight Irish. Yep. Like, he grew up in Brooklyn. Yeah. By an indigenous person. Yeah. But his accent is Irish. Well, you know, his parents... uh... As we all know, accents are given through your genes. (laughs) Uh Uh-oh. Curly's outside Bev's house. And he's just talking to her about how great Pete is. And how he was going to give Pete the world... But then it turned out that Pete doesn't like hurting people when he's stealing. So what the hell? And then he realizes Bev has unmolested, unspoiled virginal blood. I think that what Pearlie is implying is that Pete is inventing the confidence game. Mm. Like Pete is inventing being a con man. He's like, no. Which I think is interesting. That is interesting. I didn't think about that. That's like, because he talks about how like, Peter's ways are not the way that things are done. Yeah, like, think about, there's this great guy. Let's call him Leontis. He thought his wife was cheating on him, so he was going to just kill the guy, even though the guy was his friend. And then he was like, lock her up. That causes harm. So Peter comes and rescues. I'm sorry, horse is doing most of the legwork. Yes, well, all of the legwork, really. He's riding horse. He's got four of them. 
So Peter and Horst do a cool maneuver where they just ride by and Beverly like jumps up mid ride, which is pretty cool. And they're they're running away. And then they're like, we don't have anywhere left to go. What are we going to do? And Horst is like, where we're going, we don't need anywhere left to go. And soars down a cliff with beautiful iridescent wings that aren't really fully wings. And then they cross the entire lake that her family's on to get to them. And Pearlie's like, damn. I cannot leave town because of the rules. You know, like how uh, bad judgment calls when it comes to justice can't do themselves. They need someone to do them. So they get to the Lake of the Gohiris and they make jokes about God and they talk about love and they're like, can't I just steal one life? Can't I make her live? She's like, I'm going to get warm if I walk with you. And he's like, do this lock picking trick where you breathe less. And then she names stars and she cools down. Later that night, Pete is coloring with Willa's art supplies. Now, this is very similar to the fact that Perdita is creative question mark. And then he's like, I love Beverly. And then Willa is like, come with me. I made the neighbors make a deathbed. So when a princess dies, she lies down on it and you kiss her and she comes back to life. You have to promise me that you're going to do this, Peter. So this is kind of like I made a an idea for a statue for a dead woman that if you kiss it, she'll be real. Or something. So Pearlie goes to see the judge because it turns out that where Peter and Beverly went, Pearly can't go. Yeah, he can't leave town. We also should mention that Pearly shoots Romeo and kills Romeo when they escaped. He kills Romeo because we can't have Shakespeare things here. Yes. So he goes to see the judge, and the judge is Will Smith in an uncredited role. He's just like, I want to go north of the city. And then the judge basically just gives random info. And it's just like, ah, yes, Cecil, the black friend of Pete is actually also a guardian angel. And you can't do that. They also, call- I'm Lucifer. <laughs> also, I'm Lucifer. And also, they call Horse the white dog of the East. His name is Horse. Come on, guys. Get with the program. Anyway, we cut back to the Lake family happiness. And they're like, we want to go dancing. And Beverly's dad is like, no. Dancing is going to kill her. Which is why there's no dancing in The Winter's Tale by... Whoops, there is a whole dance scene in Winter Snow. No, Megan, don't worry. Later on, they dance. They do dance. <laughs> Spoiler. So anyway, there is a banging in the basement, and everyone's scared, and they go to the neighbors, and Peter's like, I mentioned at one point I wanted to be a mechanic before I was a thief. And they're like, oh no, the house is going to blow up, and then Pete fixes it. Okay, that has nothing to do with Shakespeare. <sighs> no. And then Will is like, lift me up, and he's like, you're so light. And it, I guess that's important. So in order to get to Peter and Beverly, Pearlie's got a plan. He's going to use Dandy from Freak Show, American Horror Story Season, whatever. Finn, what, Rock? Yeah, that guy. And he's going to give him a pill to give to Beverly that will increase her heart rate so that she'll die. And he bought a human body and gave up his wings. I don't know who this guy is. Well, okay, so from what I can tell... Finn Ritrock is a fallen angel. Who wanted li- to be a human? L- like Lucifer. Yeah. But so, he just like goes around and does stuff. He's not like a judge or anything. No. He's just like, I wanted real caramel corn. 
Yes, not that cardboard crap. They sell at the, <laughs> the freak, freak show. show. Then there's a dance scene. Hey, it's Winter's Tale again. There's a dance in Winter's Tale. Yeah, and uh, Finn Ritrock is one of the waiters. and he puts the pill in Bev's drink. She drank the poison. They dance and she drinks the thing and then Peter finds something and I don't know what it is. And then she's naked outside the tent and she like winks at Pete and Pete's like, oh, now I'm magically in the tent that was like 30 feet up in the air. And they and make then love. She's like, if you don't make love to me now, no one ever will. And he's like, that's exactly what I'll do then. And then she dies from sex. She says places, places we've been and dies. And I, it, it, it's, she's trying to do the trick that he taught her to name things yeah, so to decrease her heart rate. Down. But he doesn't understand because no. he's also post-coital. He's uh, like, what? <laughs> so then she's dead. And he's like, no, no, no. And then he takes time to get dressed and put on pants and then take her to the princess bed and doesn't, you know, think to get help or do CPR. And that is very Shakespearean of him. And uh, never mind. Uh, it didn't work. She's buried. We're at a funeral. Yeah, it's sad. And Willa basically like goes up to Peter and is like, uh, you didn't do what I asked you to. Wow, Leontis, you fucked up. And he's like, but I'm Perdida. So it turns out that since her death, he and Horace have just been walking around. And obviously because they're just walking around, Pearlie's like, okay, I found you. Yeah. And then they have a talk. And then a fight. And a fight. And it's like, maybe God doesn't like benevolence and light. He just likes watching people fight. And I'm like, I mean... Pearly says a lot of nonsense. Yeah. And then Pete's just like, well, your abusive father, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, is that God or like a real father who scarred Pearly and tried to... It doesn't matter because Pearly headbutts him like five times and Peter goes falling into the river. Well, what matters first is Horse shows up to be like, I'm going to save you, Peter. But then they net Horse, and then Peter's like, I've given up. But then Horse is in trouble, and Peter's like, I have strength again. And in this now, I'm going to say, Horse is the hope for Hermione to be alive. No. Horse is Perdita, and Pete is Leontis, and he sees Perdita as his daughter, and he's like, now I have will to live again, and I want to make sure your life is good. And then... He is headbutted a lot and thrown off a bridge. So anyway, we cut back to 2014 because it's still him. Peter is still alive and he is a homeless man in New York City who just draws a drawing of Beverly. The the prophecy that Pearlie saw before Peter is now just drawing in chalk. And then Cecil's there again, I think. And he tosses a coin up in the air by Pete and makes a little child smash into him. And that's our new Willa. And she's like, pick me up. And he picks her up and is like, you're light as a feather. And he's just like, oh, that's weird. Her name is Abby. And she knows all the stars' names, just like Bev did. So she is now fl- Flora Heard it. She is Hermione. She. So he goes to the Isaac Penn reading room because... He, his memory, he heard the names of the stars and was yes. like, whoa, memory unlocked. Yeah. And he's not able to get information. Oh, oh well, because he goes back to his room. He remembers that he had a room. Yeah, that's what we saw he, at the beginning yeah, of the film. Yeah, he had the box. And that's where he pulls out the box and sees the City of Justice and the blanket. But then he sees a chocolate. 
that he picked up at that dance in 1914. And, and that chocolate would be disintegrated. Yes, but he sees a name on it. So then he goes to the reading room to try to follow a chocolate name. And he meets Virginia Gamely, who was the mother of the girl that he met. And then we see Pearly naked and he's like, Pete. <laughs> yeah, he's like, he's alive. <laughs> he's alive. I know it. And Pete gets his hair done again to look like he used to look. Yep. Pearly realizes, shit, we messed up. Bev wasn't the redhead we were looking for. It's a different redhead. Oh, no. Mm -hmm. And so then this chick is like, hey, I'm Virginia Gamely, and I'm going to help you because I feel like I've met you before. Also, my daughter has cancer, and she just kind of says that out loud like it's a thing that people say to another person. Yeah, he's like, what are you searching for? And she's like, I guess a cure for, for cancer. cancer. And I was like, that was weird. Yeah. You're not a doctor or a scientist. You're a reporter. They, anyway. They find microfiche photos of the Kohiri's house. And the dance while he was there, which we never saw them take photos. They should have shown us taking a picture of yes. them. Yes. It was just like, oh, look, it's you and that girl. And she's like, what? Megan, like, have you so ever what? seen microfiche photos of people from. That are high def candid shots? No. No. From 1914? No. Because they wouldn't exist, man. Anyway, she's like, oh, I'll just take you to Willa. Because Willa's obviously still alive, she question would... mark? She would be 106 years old and she's still alive and working. But they're like, here she is. She's working today and she looks maybe 80. She looks... At, she, she looks younger she than 80. She looks 70. It's ridiculous. And then she's like, who is that? Peter Lake? What? You're an immortal. And everyone's fine with it. And I think everyone should be terrified. But anyway, she's like, look, it's Orion's Belt the Star. That's Bev. We'll never see each other again. Which is really weird and ominous. And that's when I know that Willa is Paulina, I guess. Sure. Yeah, cause she's like reuniting them. Yeah. So Willa's Paulina this whole time. Yeah. So it turns out that he loved Beverly so much that he couldn't die. No, no, no. She loved him so oh. much he couldn't die. It was her miracle that made him immortal. Oh, and it's his miracle to save someone else. So Lucifer says that. He's like, you're a dumbass, Pearly. Yeah. You were following the wrong miracles, and you suck. Yeah. And then Pearly's just like, we're losing the fight one bright star at a time. Okay, and, mm -hmm. Megan, I need to say something. Yeah. I think to connect it once more to Pirates of the Caribbean, oh, okay. there is a moment in Pirates of the Caribbean that I love, which is Jack Sparrow walks into a room sees a map of the world and Beckett tells him the edges of the map are being filled in. And it's just such an interesting concept that like you, your time is ending that you're introducing into a film that does not get explored in the slightest. Like the idea that the age of piracy, mystery, magic, and all of this is ending because of exploration. We'll figure everything out and then your time is done. The, concept that they put in this film that slowly but surely the demons who betrayed god are slowly losing the fight against heaven over a long period of time is such an interesting concept that they take nowhere just That's, do something i would love for it i would love for this film to focus on 
demons who are losing a fight against heaven, which I think would be I, a, if this a, a more... ended up in a knockdown drag out between Will Smith and like Dev Patel as God. Megan, don't uh, Megan, don't even start. Do, Megan, stop it. What? You can't invoke one of my actor crushes. But can you imagine if it ended in a knockdown drag out between Will Smith and Dev Patel? No, it wouldn't be a fight. It wouldn't be like a, a fist fight. It would be like a quiet conversation Chess game yes a little i'd be up for that i'd be like oh this is where this movie is all right anyway lucifer's like well you know what pearly if you fight him the loser will die the one true death which is a thing now that we know and pearly's like i don't care i'm Macbething it i've gone too far and to return would be as tedious as gore is basically what he's saying so pete had been invited by virginia back to their house and I didn't catch that Virginia was the mother of the new Willa that he picked up yeah. until this moment. And so he goes over for dinner and then he's like, wait, her daughter has cancer and wears a red head wrap. She's the redhead. And then, oh no, Pearly's guys are coming. And he's like, oh no. And then horses on the roof and they run up to the roof to escape Pearly's Megan, guys. You forget that uh, the girl starts dying. Oh yeah. The girl start, just has a seizure and starts dying. Yes. And then they go to the lakes because he's like, I know where to go. Horse knows where to go. Let him do the math. Horse can fly. Yeah. And they fly back to the Kohiri's lake house thing that obviously has been untouched for 100 years. Didn't get torn down. Didn't get sold or torn down or anything moved. No animals have disturbed this princess bed. But anyway, before we can get to the princess bed, Pearly's guys drive up on the lake because they're allowed to go there now. Because he's allowed to have a fight to the one true death. And then horse casts shatter on the ice. and all Pearly's men. Yeah, they all drown. And then Pearly's like, time to fight. And then Pete stabs him in the neck with the City of Justice tag that he has. Which is Leontes realizing that he was using justice improperly before. And he should use it instead to slay his envy mm-hmm. and misdeeds. Okay. And then... He, you know, takes the girl, Abby, puts her on the princess bed, kisses her forehead. Which, oh, the we movie would have worried. been normal, normal film. film. They fake us out. We think she's dead like Beth. But nope, she's alive. And then, the okay. You're like, okay, so that's the film. But then that's not the end. Yeah. Because the end is just like, what if Abby doesn't matter? And she's just a child and life is just weird and sometimes miracles happen and they don't matter because all lives are equally important and nothing in the world has ever happened without purpose. And then Pete is like, I've done my mission and he goes on a horse and becomes a star next to Beverly in the belt of Orion where a star doesn't exist and he fucks up the constellation. It's an alternate. And that's the end. New York, man. So I think that was a lot like Winter's Tale in that people made mistakes. Time shifted wildly. Time shifted wildly. There were children and people died. There was no wedding, though, but there was a dance. And Peter and Beverly get to live together happily forever. Herdita and Florizel do actually end up together. Oh, I was just going to say Leontes and Hermione get reunited when Hermione's statue comes to life. Yeah, it kind of changed who everyone was. So either way, it works out, because everyone ends up happy in the end, except for Paulina, who marries Camilo or something, like is married off to some other person. It's like, yeah, and you get this guy. I don't get it. 
So Pearly's role got shifted into the role of Antigonus in that he got pursued by a bear and killed, and by bear, I mean a sliver of metal shoved into his neck. Oh! So I will say we don't have to cover Winter's Tale anymore. Mission accomplished! Yay! You know who was the real April Fool? People who like Shakespeare's Winter's Tale. It's not a good play, Megan. Do you want to know what I think Shakespeare would say if he saw this film? I do. I think if Shakespeare saw this film, he would say, When I saw you, I fell in love, and you smiled because you knew. You mean the quote that isn't Shakespeare? It's the quote that everyone misattributes to Shakespeare. <laughs> okay. Because, yeah, because we did the thing. Yeah. Or we misattributed it to yeah, Shakespeare. Yeah, yeah, I, I get it. I get the bit, Megan. Yeah. Uh, MVP? Horse. Horse. Novelisto is horse. So, we are not going to put this winner's tale in our rankings in the year. But? But. Novelisto gets to be an MMVP runner? I cannot deny the power that horse has over our hearts and minds. So, I'm going to say, yeah, Listo as horse. Is in the running for MMVP. Oh, congratulations, baby! Up there with Ariana DeBose. <laughs> what if they're our final two? Megan? And then Ariana will win, let's be honest. Yes, yes, correct. But, like, bravo, Novelisto, if that's what happens. What would you rate Winter's Tale, Marquez? I would rate Winter's Tale two time periods that the play takes place in out of three time periods that the movie takes place in. That's a pretty good score. At 66.66 repeated, of course, percent. I will say, for some reason... Bev and Pete really charmed you and Horse is great. Bev and Pete really charmed me. Horse is great. And again, that concept that demons are slowly losing the war against heaven is an interesting concept that they do not explore. I do not think the acting is very good. I do not think that the plotting makes sense. But I don't know. There's some little bit of magic in this movie. What would you rate Winner's Tale? I was just going to say like, Glarfob out of Schmeepy because like it means nothing. Oh yeah, it does mean nothing. Right? So I'm gonna stick with Glarfob out of Beep Schmeep. Yep, that makes sense. That's my rating. All right, okay. You, you do with that what you will. Anyway, I think that's just about gonna do it for us here on Avant Bard. If you liked what you heard, and I'd be shocked if you did, you can <laughs> you can follow us on all social media at Avant Bard Pod. And if you really liked what you heard. You can support us financially, a wild thing for any human being to do, at patreon.com slash avantbardpod. Bloopers for this episode will be on Patreon next week, but until then, we will fool you, Anon. Avantbard is created by Matthew James Marquez and Megan Charlo. To support the show, visit patreon.com slash avantbardpod. We would like to thank Riley Allen for the creation of our theme music, Cloverkin for our logo artwork, and everyone in the audience for joining us. If you'd like to learn more about Avantbard, you can visit us on all social media platforms at avantbardpod.